From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hour two, Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden, uh, Jonathan, Michael is uh, filling in for uh, Bill George. Uh, what's the update on the birds uh, from Bill? No birds. Not haven't even heard any birds. He's frozen. Freezing his Rossafari nene's the, off. The uh, wind has started to lay down. So that's it. That's all the report we have from there's Bill from it. the woods. There, there's your, there's your phrase. I'd, I'd love to see if anybody can tell me what movie that came from. What one? Freezing your Rossafari and Nene's off. I don't know. I thought it was the wind laid down part that it was you were looking for. A, I didn't know. Cool Good runnings. Do. Oh, cool. cool runnings. Good movie. <laughs> well, we talked about some bad news the last hour. Let's talk about some good news. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you may know that uh, Remington went through a lot of its uh, financial difficulties this past year. And as we know, had to sell off a bunch of uh, interests that Remington had. And one of the ones that everybody was most excited about was the fact that Ruger uh, picked up the Marlin line of lever actions from yeah. Remington. So it stays with the American company. And uh, Ruger has been pretty quiet lately about what's going to be happening. But now they're starting to kind of, you know, speak a little bit and let people know where they're going. And um, they're going to start maybe ramping up production a little bit quicker. Forty-five seventy, please. Not only forty-five seventy, but uh, looking at bringing back uh, some very dependable and happy things like three fifty-seven, forty-four mag, you oh, know, wow. those kind of deals. And uh, not only that, but you know why they're ramping up production? Why they're trying to get things going by twenty twenty-one uh, in the second quarter of twenty twenty-one? Politics. Politics. There you have it. Because of the restrictions that they think might be coming towards the ARs, and lever actions have never, ever, ever been in any type of firearms restricted thing. Oh, even but during they'll the figure Clinton something band. out. So it's not magazine fed, it's not detachable, or anything like that. But uh, bunch of jack wings. You know, you put a decent barrel on there with a lever on there, thirty three fifty seven, forty four mag. You're looking at uh, 10, 12 rounds. You Rooster know? Cockburn. That's all and, I gotta uh, say. Uh, you can, you know, I mean, if you look at some of them, you know, the Henry made the the X model, you know, the the black one that was like the tactical looking one, you know. Yeah. And uh, oh, I've well, looked at that. Was that I mean you talked about it? That's Marlin. That survival. What is it? The survival one or whatever that's got the bigger bell handle on it. Yeah, that's the X model, but the, the X- compact. I love that that's, thing. That's where it goes south. The minute it, they black it out and make it look oh, uh, dude, assault wise, sweet. Oh, we need to look at this one a little closer. It could be a pellet stock. gun. Yeah. yeah, it could be a pellet gun. They're going to re- revisit this one. Well, you know, and, and uh, of course the Marlin Dark series and all that stuff that they had back in the day. But uh, at least the good news is is that Ruger is going to take it seriously, and I. I, I, I've got to, 
you've got to think that Ruger is going to want because they've always wanted to have their own lever action model line yeah. of models anyway. So I'm hoping that maybe they'll bring back something in the form of the old uh, top eject, uh, you know, Model 94 type, you know, the old Winchester 94 oh, type thing. Go. That now you can only find literally in a Rossi or, or something like that. Uh, and the Henrys are all going to be changing. They're going to be putting side gates on every single uh, one, except for, with the exception of a couple of uh, rimfire ones that they're going to do. But uh, everybody wants a side gate on the side. So uh, they're going to be everything. If your gun doesn't have a side gate on it, now it's uh, going to be considered a, kind of a collector's item in about 100, 100 yeah. years or so, depending on how many are left in 100 years. But the good news is, is that uh, with the resurgence of people now looking for other higher capacity uh, firearms that are not going to be lumped in with the AR series type firearms, Ruger's really starting to say, hey, look, we need to get things going. We need to get it, kind of get them out there. We need to start looking at getting there by the end of, around the end of uh, the second half of 2021. So this year, we may be seeing well, some of the new uh, Marlins coming out from the Ruger company. Well, and I've Marlin talked to Ruger. both of you guys about it. Uh, you know, for me, I'm looking, I was looking the other day at looking something under the lever action because I mean you talked about the 44 mag and the 4570 and stuff like that because if I'm out there crawling in briars and all that crap trying to find somebody's wounded hog there's one thing that I always loved is a lever action to me is like a pump shotgun the gun's going to operate and it's going to work because I'm going to operate it and I'm going to work it versus I don't have to worry about springs I don't have to worry about if there's dirt in it or whatever. <laughs> More manual. When you pull the trigger, you cock the hammer and pull the trigger, it should go boom. Yeah, and I and I always the I always liked the the browning uh in the fact that they made them in hunting cartridges where you have two seventy, thirty odd six, you know, bigger type ones like that. But that's a detachable magazine, so uh as long as it stays five rounds, I guess it would be okay. If anybody, you know, there were some aftermarket ones that were made for like the old 7400s, the Remingtons and things like that. But uh, the thing I did not like about the Browning is when you when you drop that lever, you got that big, huge piece of metal and it's like the whole back comes out. It's like it almost like the, the firearm actually like comes apart and then you put it back together again when you close yeah. it. You find yourself it's being huge. a little gen gently Yes, <laughs> you don't you know you don't you don't operate it like you would an old ninety four in a in a thirty thirty. You know, like the old Clint East movies. Yeah, you know, Clint Eastwood. Cook it, cook it. You know, ready to go. Damn. Yeah, like the Rifleman, you know, or yeah. anything like that. And uh, which I, I remember, sad to say, I was out hunting one time with uh, Tom and Gino. Uh, we were just um, south of Gulf Hammock, walking through some tall grass, and this big old buck stood up, and he started running across his field in that kind of you know that little boink. But boink, but boink, you know, where he would jump in the air and he'd get in the grass, take take two steps and then leap again, take two steps. I every, got him. Every time he leaped, it was like a shooting gallery. Every time he'd go up, he'd go down. Every time he'd go up, he'd go down. I missed him every single time. I was like, <laughs> but it was nice to have it. And uh, if you can operate it properly, it's a great thing. But if they start making them in some short action cartridges, 
like 7mm 08 or 308 oh, yeah. or Creedmoor or things like that, uh, dude, I don't think you're going to be able to keep them on the shelf. You'll have a lot of guys that will be retiring bolt actions for a or while. Or let a politician talk about it. Then you won't keep them on the shelf either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they say they're coming after those, you'll never get your hands on another one. Nope. We come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the old lever actions and all that kind of good stuff when we come back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll be right here. Wild Outdoors, thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning. Enjoying uh, the, I'm hoping it's not the last cold front of the season, but uh, it very well could be. We don't know. I uh, Monday, I will be definitely calling uh, my air conditioning guys and making sure that uh, my uh, AC is back up and running and all that stuff. I sweated it out this past week while we had the warmer temperatures. Uh, knowing that this cold front was coming down, I was like, just two more days. Come on, man. Just hey, two really? More days. But I mean, you didn't turn your AC on? No, it was like 84 degrees inside the house. And I was like, as long as there's a breeze, it's not so bad. You know, we're all good. We got the ceiling fans spinning. Everything's all right. You know, just two more days, just two more days, and all the windows well, will be but back open. And it really wasn't, even when it was hot. It really wasn't bad because the humidity hadn't really kicked in yet. Right, yeah. So, I, can, I mean, you know, for us Floridians, it was like uh easy spring day kind of deal. Uh, I drank an extra half a jug of water. I was good. <laughs> 84 degrees in the house. I could suffer for a couple of days waiting for the cold front. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Yay! And then they're like, oh, Monday we'll be back up. And I was like, dang it. I'd be calling my boys. Beep, 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 beep. Hey, come check the AC mixing thing all good before I fire this bad boy up. I want to make sure the house is going to be like 73. When's the last time you had it on? Oh, man, it's been months. Are you serious? Yes. It's like that generator that you get out for months. the hurricane. Get to kick it a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> what about heat? You use your heat at all? I don't have heat in my house. Why do I need heat in my house? I live in Florida, bro. It gets cold here, man. It's cold out there now. I had heat on yesterday in my house. You are such a... I, I, I'm a candy, what? yeah. How do, do every, I'm a candy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, man. If I, I get, have my windows. If I, I get a cold, cross breeze. I want heat. If I get hot, I want AC. I want that wind whipping through my room, man, at uh, 40 degrees, 30 miles an hour. I have that. My one window faces to the north in the bedroom. I open that other one, the one that faces towards the west. Man, I get a cross breeze through there. It's just ripping through there. It's awesome. Yeah. And the ceiling fan's still on. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I don't care. That $200 electric bill comes in. I smile. Well, I don't pay it. Forget it. I better not say that. I was about to say when I pay it, but she'll ask me, well, who, who do you pay that to? I don't now, here's going to make you feel bad. You know what mine's been averaging for the past months while my air conditioner's been turned off? What? 96 bucks. Still 96 bucks? $96. 96 So wow. take your 200 and ship it. It's worth 100 bucks to feel good. It's worth 96 bucks to be able to look at Duke Energy and go, ha! Take that, you son of a... 
<laughs> you're 50, I'm surprised you don't turn that. Your 50% increase is on the way, sir. Yeah, well, yeah. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to remember the old commercials, you know, turn off the vampires. Do you remember those commercials? Uh-uh. No. Where it's like all the things that like suck that you don't, oh, uh, yes. you know, the, that you don't the little digital clock, the, the thing in the back that's still plugged in that you haven't, you know, all those little right. things yeah. that are there. Can I reduce your electric bill by 10%? Do you remember those? T- oh. No, I don't. Oh, well, anyway. Well, I got, I, I got freezer, outdoor fridge. Then I got the fridge in the house. I yeah. got my beer cooler out back. See, you've I got already, my, oh. you've already, you've already, you've four times, you've quadrupled what mine would be. Oh yeah. I got the deep it's freeze. Still only two hundred bucks. I got the deep freeze outside, which once, I mean, it kicks on maybe once every four days. Uh, you know, it, that thing is so darn efficient. I don't understand. And plus, it's fifteen years old. Yeah. H- how come they don't make other appliances like that? You buy a good deep freezer. And once it's up to temperature and you feel, you know, you got to fill it once with frozen Once it's frozen? Food. Yeah, dude. The hurricane, when we had the last one, I didn't have electricity for a week. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, dude, there's like 300 pounds of pork out there. There's about 100 pounds of venison left in there. There's all the, you know, this Uncle John's Pride and all this stuff. I'm freaking the freak out. So I go down and buy like 10 bags of ice, you know, before it goes. And I'm going to just stack it on top of everything. I opened that freezer up on day three. There was still ice on the sides of the freezer. Yeah. I just, I threw like five bags in there and shut it. Well, and a week later I come back. Everything is still not a one drop of water came. I pulled the plug just in case, so it wouldn't be swimming in any you know liquids. And uh, dude, it was it was still fine. Michelle's still mad fine. at me. I still got the gator heads, gator feet, and all that. She can't use our deep freezer. It can't be used. It's full of gator body parts. Yeah, we got to talk about and that. And some meat. Can't put a pound of bacon in there. Yeah. Can't even squeeze it and in there. And then venison. And then uh, hey, pork. Hey, tell her to get on the phone. She knows somebody at a certain facility that I'm not going to name on the radio that can get you appliances. And I got me a freezer, but she, I filled it up with uh that I've stuff. purchased two freezers. So from you're just too were, lazy to get it all to the taxidermist, or what's the deal? I called him this week. I'm gonna drop it off. Okay, good. yeah, finally. It's when uh, uh, Carlos's buddy's gonna do it. So I, uh, I never, uh, my wife would not have allowed, uh, you know, open up a freezer and have something looking at her. Oh, she they're wrapped not- in bags, but still, it's she goes. She can't use it. It's full. Like I said, it's full of meat on the bottom. Gator meat. If you want gator meat, you got to take two giant heads out. <laughs> And their feet, because Mac <laughs> wants her feet. Yeah. She wants to make bookshelf or sure. uh, bookends. And uh, so it's like. If, thought if you we were going to make serving trays for Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. You got no hides in there? Oh, you know what? There is a hide rolled, or one or two hides rolled up in there, in that bag. I uh, At the height of my Axis deer hunting career, when I would go, I'd have. I'd have stacks of uh, axis deer, uh, psycho deer, uh, fallow deers, you know, because they're all different. You got the chocolate, you got the blondie, kind of got the reddish one. Uh, there was probably more hides in there than there were uh, piles of meat. And eventually I, you know, got with Paul Hill and said, look, man, I got to I gotta get these things tanned. I got to get them out of here. <laughs> you know, I can't, I, I got no room. I got yeah. no room in my freezer. And he's like, oh, well, that's a problem. Hi. Get them over here. I'll get them all taken I love the fact, too, like the axis hides. And you know this, just like I do. You guys have both been at my house. Lori's got them laid on the end tables with the lamps. And <laughs> I don't know how many times 
I've had people, and you can see it written all over their face. No, it's not a baby deer. It's not a fawn. It's not a. It's yeah. an axis deer, and it's you know. I can't believe you got a spotted. Oh, it's not. It's axis deer. Settle down. That's it's a what Wisconsin fawn. That's huge. what they look like. Yeah, they're the only uh, adult spotted deer in uh, in the world. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. I know a lot of people did that when I had the ones draped over my my leather chairs. You know, I'd have the axis deer hides draped over. And they're like. Are these are these baby deer hides? They're like, no, 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 they're not. Mm-hmm. They're very delicious, full-grown axis deer. Yes. That was the deer hide my son took to school and I got in trouble oh, with. I remember that show. Please don't, don't, don't bring any more animal hides to school anymore for show and tell. Why? Don't you have leather shoes on there, Teach? You're all good. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's no big deal. This is where it comes from. So anyway, I'm enjoying my low energy costs. So I'll have to wait and see what's going on with uh, the weather. But I'm hoping that it's this is not the last cold well, front of the season. Well, and it, but it's like what we were joking about before, talking about the emission stuff with vehicles and everything else. How many, how many of us know, like the family, my grandparents and stuff like that. You know, the freezers that they bought that were they're like. They came over on the freaking Mayflower. Yeah. I'm telling you, They rusted old. out around you the bottom before kill they died. Yeah. You can't kill them. Period. You End had to cover discussion. them with magnets to keep the rust stains from being seen. Yeah. You I, will, can't, I, mean, I will ask the audience this one. Why is it that every other part of my deep freezer is completely pristine except for the top? Why is it the top <laughs> always rusts? Uh, yeah. It's moisture always, sits on the top. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. The moisture uh, sits there. But it's out in the garage, which, you know, in the summertime is about uh, just below baking bread. And uh, so I don't know how. I thought maybe it's condensation that forms on the top uh, and then uh, pools and then it rusts. Well, that's what, it, like, my little four. You guys, the four-footer I've got right there when you walk in the garage, that's the problem I have with it is there's rust spots all over it. Um, but it's like Mike said, and you've said it too, it's sitting in the garage, the heat Whenever you put something on top of it, or I, I always will set something there or something and forget about it. And oh, come it back, gets water underneath and it. Can, and the water's soaked on the bottom of it. That's the reason why. It's because everything's coming from the ground up, and, of course, that's the only place it has to sit. Do you think there's that much coolness that leaves out of the top of that thing? Oh, yeah. Then why don't we I, put them in I our house? Oh, the I don't know if it's that, but here in Florida, you know, the, the humidity's so bad. I mean, you go out. Well, in your garage, sometimes it just feels like you're breathing water as it is. So yeah. then it's just sitting there. <laughs> well, you know? but it's just like I just said about the old style freezers. Have you fill the lid on a new freezer and fill the lid on like one of them old frigid air or what? I can't even remember the name. There's some of the companies that ain't even in business anymore. But when you lift the lid, I mean, let's face it. Some of them 20 and 30 it slams year old, when you let it go. Well, t- some of them 20 and 30 year old freezers. I mean, you had to put a little butt behind it to get the lid up. To get it open. Especially yeah. if there was that little vacuum in there. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You had to break it. You got well, the old school that's got the key. Those are the ones you can't yeah. find anymore. Well, the one that I remember growing up when I was a kid, my dad had an eight-footer that oh, was out God. in the garage. It was a, a big, huge one. And I think we uh, – that sucker went with us on, like, three different moves. It actually – when we moved here in the early 70s in Florida, we, we you know we brought that sucker with us and stayed out in the garage for a million years before mm-hmm. it finally uh, went away. So when uh, for a birthday present, my dad bought me one, and uh, he said, I want to get you a deep freeze. I want to get you one so you can put all these deer and 
hogs and all this stuff in here because you got no room in the in the refrigerator in the freezer in the in the refrigerator anymore. Because he'd open it up and he'd go, "What the hell is all this up in there?" Shout out. Well, there's some hog shanks in there. There's some loins here. You know, everything's like shoved yeah. in there, wedged in there. And he's like, I'm going to get you a freezer. This is, no, this is, no, we'll get you a freezer. I said, well, fine. Just give me one of those little, like, uh, you know, little four by four jobbers or something. He's like, yeah, I'll get you one. Well, you know, I think Famous Tate pulls up in their truck and, uh, you know, the guys run low. And I was like, what am I going to do with that monster freaking coffin thing you got there, man? Yeah. It's huge. Put it up on bricks, got it up off the ground, you know, so it's just about chest high. And when you lift idea. it up and uh, uh, put it up there when it's nice and high. And uh, like you said, once you have it, you wish you had one that was about another foot and a half bigger. Yeah. You that, really I never do. thought about the brick thing. Cause like when I, I'll give you a great example to get some meat out the other day, I had to pull both those gator heads out, lay them on the ground, and you're, you're halfway in the damn thing. That's trying you're to get, hanging over there trying to get yeah. it out. I never thought about that. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's what my dad did. He put it up on some uh, cinder blocks, you know, all the way around it. That way, also, you don't get the accumulation of dirt or anything else underneath it because it's out in the garage. Yeah. So you can just clean out from underneath it and all that kind of and if it ever floods, you know, you yeah, want to save what, the freezer, baby. Save yeah, the freezer. This is why you have uprights and chests. What? You have the upright for your daily use, and you have the chest freezer for the long term. Sounds I like bet his plan. electric bill's more. He's got two freezers yeah. running. Yeah. Oh, there's more than two, baby. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Everybody, Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Mike Singleton filling oh, in for uh, Bill George. Diego, it's being awful quiet in the studio over there. So I, I have to bring this. His the, belly's full. He's just pushing buttons. I have to bring this up because apparently this is a huge debate uh, amongst my uh, my son's classmates. Oh, Diego, you're not far from their, their age, so I'll, I'll <laughs> ask you if you want to be included in this conversation. If you would, please. Uh-oh. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? Here's the question. There's a new movie out. It's called Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh boy. All right. So who's gonna win? My money's on Kong, bro. Okay. It's always Kong. All right. Mike, who's your money on? Man, I like them both, but I'm going with Kong. All right. How about you, Jonathan? He's got fingers, long arms. How about you, Jonathan? Well, as somebody that follows the story, I actually know what's going on with it. But, I mean, I'm a King Kong fan, but who can't be a Godzilla fan also? I'm sorry. So who'd you pick? I, I guess I'm the only lizard fan in here because when my son brought this up on the debate, I go, why is this even a movie? It's a five-second movie because King Kong comes out and goes, Rawr! Godzilla goes, Rawr! 
hits him with the radioactive oh, stuff, and yeah. next thing you know, he's dead. Cook gorilla. Yeah, but he's got he's got he's the cooked. agility. He can just dodge it. No, 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 no. If Mothra, if Mothra can't dodge it, if uh, uh, what's the spinning turtle? Okay, what was his name? Okay. Uh, he, Have you he seen T Rex arms on Godzilla? But wait a minute, it doesn't matter. He can't get. He can't he's got the radioactive breath. It doesn't wait, matter. Wait a minute. They matter. actually did the story justice, Gidra. and Kong has the hatchet that's made out of. One of Godzilla's. So my son brings up the fact that Godzilla that that the somebody gave, of course, because the, uh, the Godzilla couldn't do it on his own because they knew quite well that he would die in five seconds in the movie, so they had to come up with a way to say, how are we going to make this last two hours? So somebody somewhere got one of the fins off of the back of Godzilla, yeah. which apparently is impervious to his own radioactive breath. Yeah. So now Godzilla has saying. this shield axe that somebody made for you mean him. King or, Kong has it. Yeah, King yeah, Kong has yeah. it. King Hong, Kong has it. And so I was like, well, of course they had to do that. Otherwise, the movie would be five seconds long. But, but Kong's got an axe. I, I want to change it. I'm going for Godzilla. You're, hey, Mr. Comic Book, who wins? Kong has the axe that is made from one of Godzilla's back spines. Yeah. So, so Kong wins? You already know? No, there's. Mecha Godzilla's in it too. Hey. Mecha Godzilla couldn't be Godzilla. Hey, you, see, you see Jonathan sitting at home reading comic books. <laughs> <laughs> this, these are not comic books. This is maybe if he grew up watching any of them. And of course, you know, I love my son. He's like, well, I got to vote for Kong because, you know, I got to go with the American. I go, Kong's not American. American. He's like, what? What do you mean he's not American? I go, he's from Kong Island, man. He's Godzilla's not, not, actually. He was brought here against his will. They captured him and brought him here. Hey, but there's a surprise at the end. Ultraman comes in. Who remembers Ultraman? I love Ultraman. He's coming in on it. I what, was, what was Ultraman's human name? But that's what I'm oh. saying. But that's what I'm Come trying on, to say. Man. Is uh, Chin? No, you remember he grabbed it in his pocket, he'd hold it up and hit the yeah. button and turn it into Ultraman? That. Yeah, but you don't I don't remember, remember his name. name. No, what is it? Hayata. Oh yes, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I forgot that, dude. You realize you realize that you're sitting with the ultimate Hayata. Ah, the yeah, ultimate. ultimate. Like, and he always uh, did it so serious. Hayata. Yeah. Player. Yeah. Or whenever a kid would scream his name, was, that's how I remember it. it Walking in encyclopedia. It was oh my into god. Us. So anyway, I do know the outcome of the movie, but I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. So uh, you know, if you're planning on going, well, that's to see like it I said, stuff, I haven't seen it yet, but I know they've got the. I know how it ends because following I, one of the old stories with Mecha Godzilla or Mega Godzilla's in it too. So you know, when's it come out? It's it's already out. It's out. I'm right? for it's the tag team. I haven't fest. seen it yet. Yeah, well, so anyway, uh, it's so funny that it that literally is this huge debate and I. My son was like, "Is that school day?" He goes, "Dude, we at break today. We were all man. We were all. Hey. It almost turned into a fight. People were picking him between hey. Godzilla <laughs> and, and King Kong, and I was like, "If that's what? the case, though, that gives me hope for America. Because let's face it, <laughs> how many times, and you know, all of us sitting in this room are can be accused of it. How many times do we have the old war cooler debate of Hulk Hogan or Andre the Giant? Oh, come on. I mean." I, don't. The don't ultimate warrior. Ah, there you go. There's I'm just saying. The man. I'm just saying. All I know is that uh, Hulk Hogan actually lifted that sucker up over his head and yeah. body slammed him. Slam. That right there alone 
tells me everything I need to know about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you know, but well, I will say that uh, uh, Andre the Giant was a better actor, especially in The Princess Bride. <laughs> I just know, like, it's getting so far uh, off the mark here. Well, but like, I just well, but what I'm trying to say is, is like you say about say. Kong versus Godzilla. Come on, man, that's you know, that's the water cooler talk we're all used to. Well, I I I, I bring this up because, um, uh, you know, uh, we know how Godzilla, or at least some of us know how Godzilla became to you know to be alive. You know, it was the radioactive, oh, you know, the testing and, and all this other kind of stuff, and uh, you know, uh, but. Phosphate mines. Well, You're tying this in. So yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself. We got iguanas. I'm thinking to myself. Uh, um, you know, we got like this. That. We got this phosphate thing going on, and everything's bad with that. And now we have this supposedly new invasive species, and if it gets to be two of them in one uh, deal, then it could be quite nasty. You know what I'm saying? No, oh, what now? I'm just saying that it might be one of those things where if they this new fish meets the the green water out of uh, manatee, then next thing you know, we might be having this new huge creature that comes Megalodon. out. Megalodon. Megalodon type. You know, I finally but, saw that movie. Hey, go on. Oh, yeah, it's day. a good movie. But, and, go- but you know what scares me about it? There's a lot of truth to something like that happening. Maybe I didn't see the same movie. <laughs> Me- the, Me- <laughs> the one with Jason Statham. Yeah, I, get, I, I didn't see any truth in it. Did, how Megalodon. can you not? What, was he just hiding at the bottom of the ocean? There's yeah, crevice, dude, out, there man. are crevices in the ocean that we know nothing about. That's true. That's the thing that kills me. That's what I'm saying about there's the truth, and there's a lot of actual truth in that movie. There, That's what kills me when I hear these, like, Shark Week. They tell you, oh, God, we've got to do this because the sharks are endangered. No, the frick you cannot tell me that sharks are endangered when you only know about 30% of the ocean. There's another 70%. You have no flipping clue. Well, I'm going to say this, man. What's going on? Megalodon is probably, I'm going to tell you right where he's at. Oh, I'm not saying. Wherever Bigfoot is. We got a megalodon. I'll I, guarantee you. Do you think they're hanging out together? Oh but, yeah, I, honestly, they're going to come out, and we're going to have a movie about that too. Honestly, yeah. I mean, is you don't believe that there uh, are places? Oh yeah, that there I know. they say be, it all the time. I'm, I'm, that's my thing. There's there's places that Jimmy cricket. That, but hey. I want to say this. Go back to the the whole. Uh, talking about evasive and all that stuff. This and, new fish. I wanted to at least give you a name. I, I don't know if I'm going to get it right, but it's called the Arapima. A R A P A I M A. It's got the fins Arapima. all the way down it, right? No, it looks like it, it looks like a giant gar. It looks like an alligator gar is what it is. Ooh. And uh, let me see. It, it's it's a big giant fish out of the uh, oh, Amazon. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah, read yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. They're finding them down south. Yeah, and apparently they've uh, they found a huge one that was dead uh, that had not survived. And they're meaner than you know what. I think it was about six foot long. And so they're thinking, if he's six foot long, uh, where did it come from? Because if it was in a tank, this guy must have a huge, ginormous tank mm-hmm. to be able to hold a fish that big. And if it's if it's not, mm-hmm. and it's been out there for a while, nice. and it's invasive, it right. could get uh, it could get really nasty. We have the best producer in the game. I, I somebody I read somewhere these things can get like fifteen feet. Look yeah. at the pictures. These guys can't even hold it up. I mean, uh, seriously. Diego's I mean, on point. Holy me, mother. I'm looking at this fish. It looks like an alligator gar. It looks almost like a... Yeah. Uh, Big old snake head on it and everything. Yeah. I mean, and it's a huge ravenous 
predator of 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 other fish. They South say. America, right, or something. I remember reading about it not long ago. What's yeah. his name? Uh, it, it yeah, there. Okay, there's his pick. Yeah, monster fish, Villa, river, monsters. river monsters. River monsters. He caught a huge one. Yeah. Well, they're saying that this thing is, uh, you know, it's. It kind of has the head of a snook, but yet has the body of a gar. <laughs> oh, so, they'll protect it. Uh, <laughs> I love that. You click on the video to watch the video. The first thing you see is a powerful commercial. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Got to get it in there. But anyway, they said oh, that they've uh, found these things down south, and it may be a new uh, you know, threat to our ecosystem here in, uh, in Florida. Because, again... It's a it's a fish that's been released where it has no natural predators. Once it gets to mm-hmm. a certain point, it's like a it's like a twelve or thirteen foot alligator. There's not much out there that's oh, going to be yeah. taking Let's... it down anymore. You well, know what I'm saying? Let me say something about that with the uh, bringing up the alligator endangered. Please, yeah. So this week uh, I was telling you during the break about a friend of mine that had six seven foot alligator on his back porch. He called the uh, nuisance hotline. They told him it was going to be a while, and it's going to be very expensive for him to get it removed. Why would it be expensive? Right. It's- so he called me. He's like, hey, do you know anything about this? So I got with Bill George. Bill George made a phone call. Oh, you sicked Bill George on him. Oh, oh yeah. That's not good. Oh, yeah. Bill made some phone calls. So I just wanted people to know that if you do have a nuisance alligator that's uh, aggressive or coming up too close, it does not cost you anything to get it removed. Why would they even say that? I mean, wait, yeah. this wasn't the FWC that told it them that. It was the Nooses Hotline. Really? Yep. And Bill Bill called and found out that there has been a few people that don't know that it doesn't cost. And he says they, they know it. They're addressing it. But just in case somebody out there does call to get one removed... It does not cost you anything. No. And it may take it may take a day or two days to get a call, but you will get a call. That's really kind of rotten. I wonder if it's somebody that was just sitting there going, well, how big do you think it is? And he goes, oh, it's a seven-footer. And he goes, ah, it's not worth my time. Or some dude playing Candy Crush and don't want to pause. Hey, uh, it's going to be expensive and going to be a while. Click. How is it expensive? Um, it's Yeah. So uh, That's... I think they're going to be pulling that boy's license, I think, or whoever it is that was involved in that. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Bigger Wild Outdoors. Lots of folks out there still killing them turkeys, man, on a beautiful Saturday morning, including Bill George, if he hasn't got nothing yet. We're going to take a break. We'll be there. We'll be here. Four, three, two, one. All right, go. The show's been a little bit uh, controversial this morning, but uh, it is what it is, you know, with the uh, pumping of phosphate water into Tampa Bay. Uh, if you haven't heard anything about it, uh, I'm sure you can find out all you need to Somebody's on know. the line that might make it more controversial. And then, uh, of course, uh, you can always check out the podcast and everything after the show is over. If you missed the first hour, if you were sleeping, that's okay. You can listen to it on your way to work tomorrow or as you're messing around. 
and uh, you know, see what you think. Because uh, as of now, they're pumping out around 22,000 gallons of that water uh, a minute, uh, flowing through a canal filled with uh, dead grass, going out to Tampa Bay. And just about everybody who fishes out there is not really happy about it, and probably including this guy, Mr. Gino. How are you this morning, Gene? Well, I'm good, buddy. How are you making out? Uh, we're just hanging out in the studio today, man, just enjoying a beautiful Saturday. Yeah, I've been out working already. It's a little chilly out there. No, stop yeah. it. It feels wonderful. Or as you would say in your native tongue, Vundava. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was up in Louisville. It was real cold up there. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little chilly. So I have to sh- all, all the uh, all the flowers are bursting out up there and everything now. It's really pretty time of year. But then uh, you see frost one morning, you think, now nah, this ain't this ain't my home, buddy. This ain't my home. No, uh, I, you know, actually, I had ice on the windshield at least one time this year here, and uh, even in St. Pete, it was all it was awesome. It was great. Yeah, I think this was like you know, January, December was as cold as I can remember. I don't think it ever got below forty five, but it just was cold every day. And then February, it just went nuts, man. You know, yeah, it's the worst pollen I can remember this year. Yeah, well, pollen doesn't really bother me, but I know it kills some people. It's it's horrible for a lot of folks. But so, what are you doing uh, today? Are you are you going to go over and put a cork in the uh, canal or anything across the bay? What? So I can look at a fish and throw it back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah amen, sure. Buddy. Yeah, you can do that. I'm telling you, I mean, I'm serious, Braden. I, I, you know why bother fishing? You know, I, I'll probably go up Pompano fishing and next. It got a little chilly today. I meant to do it today. It was a little too cold, but they're catching I did them. have to go to work. But, you know, one of these mornings I'm going to sneak out to John's Pass for a little while. Um, they should be biting by now. They are. They're catching the crud out of them out on the beach, too. Dragging that I mean, dog's jig. It's just pretty disgusting. The thing I'm thinking about, though, guys, is even with this with this thing being drained down, obviously this should have been addressed a long time ago. The other end of this is they could be pumping pure Zephyr Hills water into that canal right now, and the guides are going to get together and say the fishing has been ruined and we need to shut down snook, try and redfish for three more years. Because that's what they're going to do regardless of what happens. Well, I, I don't. Some are, some are uh, you know, alluding to it's going to be opened, that they've heard enough voices, but there are some more meetings that are coming up. I know if you. Uh, I got the alert. Everybody else got the alert that if uh, you can't get there physically, that you can, you know, do it virtually like they've been liking to do anyway. And uh, I know that uh, Chuck and some others and, and everybody else, I think Bill's going to a couple of them or been to a, a few of them already. And uh, I don't know. We may see the tide turning a little bit. Uh, our good friend Bob Puccinelli, I had a conversation with him this past week. You know, he used to do the old Let's Talk Fishing show here on, on 1010 years mm-hmm. ago. Sure. Uh, he, he he still thinks where he fishes that uh, snook and trout are doing great, but he's not seeing enough reds. Uh, to him, he doesn't feel that there's uh, enough reds to, to sustain it. But then you listen to other people who fish the other side of the bay, which is now being hosed down with uh, nuclear green water. That there are just huge pods of redfish all over the, that area. Uh, you know what, though, Braden? I mean, redfish move around. Some years it's good for them. Some years it's not, you know? I remember you and I one time behind Mangrove Bay Golf Course slaying those redfish off that little drop-off around the corner. Uh, we, we I'm, I don't know how many redfish we came from there. 
Uh, we're using chubs, and we would we were walking them out of the boat because they had to walk them out of the trees. It was that Starting back of the boat and walk to the front. One, every, every single cast, every so single we, cast yeah. with a with a fiddler crab, throw it up in there, drip, drag it, bam. Up, and as soon as they'd hit the water, drag it off the the ledge. You, you had a redfish. Of course, we're going to go back, so we go back the next weekend thinking that we're going to fill the boat. Ghost town. Nothing. There was nothing there. Wow. It was like, yeah, it was it was fun while it lasted. Now we're gone. We're out of here. We moved somewhere else, and and that's what fish do. You right. know, they move. Now but- the other thing about that though, Braden, is when we when we were kids, if you got a redfish over sixteen or seventeen inches, you knocked on your neighbor's door to show it off. Yeah, well, hey, Uncle Al, check this out. Look at holy Christ! It's like a dinosaur. I remember. You know? I remember. I had a. I I was out cast netting along the edge of Riviera Bay. I was walking, started at the bridge, and was walking, and through my cast net, and I had this head that was ramming into my net, poking out of the water, and I thought, Oh my gosh, I got a, I got a snook in there. He's going to tear the crap out of my net. I pull it up. It was about a thirty-two inch red. Yeah, I didn't even know they got that big, right? Yeah, and I was just like, holy moly, this is the biggest redfish ever. And, of course, took it home, filleted the crap out of it. <laughs> but, you know, that's just what it is. But uh, that was the biggest redfish I'd ever delicious. seen. I'd ever seen that I had personally caught until I was out with J.J. And he caught one that was 42 out of a pond uh, wow. that, that literally just inhaled a uh, mirror lure. I mean, all three hooks. I, I remember one summer up on the bars north of the Howard Franklin Bridge, there was a school of giant redfish, all 40-plus inches. We catching them on zero spooks, and they just hung out there one year. You know, they're supposed to be the ones that are out in the Gulf. Yeah, making babies. There they were. Yeah, remember the, you know, the old days where, you know, if you caught one that big, you know, you let it go. That was your breeders, and they're going to yeah. be offshore, and they're going to be – Making babies, and uh, you know the bay will be filled with cabillions of them, but it never happened. Right. It's never happened, and and I've never seen uh, the old giant horde schools of redfish that you see occasionally in certain areas around Tampa Bay. So when I was talking to Bob about it, I was like, "Dude, you know as well as I do. You talk to guides; they'll beat up on a giant pot of redfish for an hour or two hours. Go back the next day; they're not there." And right. they they go 15 miles down south or whatever. Next Found them again. They run into another one that's out there. Uh, it's just the way they are. And uh, so to say no because of one fish that you hardly ever get to get out there anyway, that it just that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. But you remember, honestly, though, that's the thing. There's many, many, you know, 24 to 35-inch redfish around. Nowadays, that they were never there on the flats when we were kids, man. But like you say, we could catch, and this is no exaggeration, we could catch, it would be nothing to catch 20, and it would not be uncommon to catch 30. And I mean, we, you know, granted, if we got 30 or 40, we'd take them home and eat them too. So maybe we didn't need to do that. But, you know, 60, 70 redfish out of a, honest to goodness, Braden, Braden Butcher, we were cast into an area about as big as a bathtub, one tiny spot. And uh, just reel one in, throw it in the boat, reel another one in like that. I don't remember, and maybe I don't fish like I did when I was a kid, but I don't remember seeing those thick, thick, thick numbers of the small 12-inch reds. Never. You know, you'd see, Never. More, you'd see more schools of catfish out on the flats than you would see redfish. Yep. But now you got to think about the old days. I mean, and, and I say the old days, I'm talking in the 
pre-phosphate. In the 80s, yeah. <laughs> when we were still dumping raw sewage right off of Mermaid's Point. But, uh, That's, you know, true. Uh, That's true. When we, we'd be out on the flats on the uh, west side, east side of uh, Wheaton Island, and we'd be out there uh, gigging 40, 48, 50-inch snook, but yet you wouldn't see any redfish. We'd see plenty of trout. You'd see monsters. No, we never saw any big redfish. You never saw any redfish no. out on the flats, even at night. So I've never, I don't know where these captains are or where they used to fish where they were like, well, the redfish have never been like they used to be. And I'm like, when were they ever used to be? Because they've never been used to be. You'd yeah. always have just pods of them here, there, everywhere, every once in a while, but then they're gone. Yeah. Now, snook and trout, you know where they are. Redfish, see ya. Uh, this has been real. Migratory. Uh, yeah. We, we've, mur- we've murdered all the crabs on this area. We're going to go over here, uh, you know, 10 miles away. So, yeah, you know, it's just even the pompano, man. I mean, they vary so much year to year. Exactly. You know? yeah, and that, in spots. That's true. That is true. The you pompano. Do get, you get them in certain spots, but sometimes that after a hurricane or, uh, or a good tropical storm changes that bottom a little bit. Those pompano go there. That pompano go there, and they look at it. and They go, "Well, well this is not like the restaurant we were at last year." Well, I love we're the, gonna, let's go somewhere else. I love the. I got a great pompano spot. No, you don't. Not no. anymore. No, you, you don't. don't. No. You don't well, and how many pompano. times? And Gino's on the phone and can back this up. How many stories have I heard you guys tell me about inlets around here and little places like that when you had a hurricane or heavy rains or a big tide or something like that? would pull water up into an area that water had never been before, and you guys would go in there and just whack the crap out of everything. And then go back next week and there's nothing there. And they're gone. There's yeah. nothing. Yeah. I mean, nothing. you know. Well, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, you know, everybody in this room, including ones that aren't, you know, with Bill and everybody else, it just, when I, I just don't understand the mentality of the people that sit here and say, keep it closed. Keep it. I mean, they're saying yeah, five, well, five more years. And like five a, freaking like, years. Like years. Me and That's him crazy. Came back to, he, we called into the meeting. One of the things I said in the meeting, your honey hole might not always be a honey hole. It happens. It's not. It never will be. You know. Well, Gino, thanks for making us all angry. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, man. You know. Somebody had to do it. Yeah, uh, well. Shame about this uh, mellow yellow water going in the bay. I just, I'm always afraid that somebody's going to use that as an ace in the hole to shut us down. Again. You know? Yeah, or Again. at least, uh, yeah, you know, the kitchen will be closed. Terracea will be closed, uh, you know. Uh, They're kitchen, not going to close down. They're going to say Cockroach Bay. Highway or everything, yeah. you know, Hillsborough and Pine Island County. Yeah. You know, Don't you know. need any fish caught on the uh, south uh, Skyway Pier, you know, that kind of thing. Don't eat any of them Homer Simpson three-eyed fish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, go enjoy your Saturday, man. Thanks for the phone call. we got to take nice a break. Nice talking to you guys. See you, buddy. See you, Gene. All right, buddy. All right, we're going to take a fast one, you guys. Hour three is right around the corner. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We're going to get some stuff, but we'll be back. <laughs> 